Well, I just, I just kind of want to be thankful for you for just a moment, just because y'all worship, because you join in with us as a, as a church. You know, we may not do things like other churches do, may not look like other churches look, but I want you to know we love the Lord here. And um, we can go trying to demand a, a door to open for us in the schools, but that's not how we do it. The way we do it is we do it by serving. And then the door starts, the, the Lord opens these doors and you know, sitting here thinking, I've got a little part of my testimony going to be in this sermon today about the Lord's Prayer. But we have such a need of, of you to plug into this church. We've got so many holes that can't be filled other than by you. And the Lord changed my life when I decided to start serving. I didn't know how to serve. I didn't know where to serve. So I just started signing up for everything. And I realized real quick, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's not for me. That's not for me. But I didn't stop plugging in until I got it. And I had no idea. I had never done sound before in my life. But somebody called me. It was the pastor of this church said, someone's told me to plug you into the, into the sound department. And then I said, I've never done sound. Well, regardless, I feel like the Lord's telling me to tell you to come and do sound. Long story short, I plugged in. The Lord started changing my life in so many different ways. And I want to encourage you. We have a great need in children's ministry right now. We have a great need in youth ministry and adult leadership. We have a great need in men's ministry. They've just gone up there and gutted the entire uh, kitchen up there in the garage. We're getting ready to fix it up, and the men's ministry is working hard at helping us get that into shape. We've got a great need in life group. We've got, a great need. We've got great needs to help you to plug in to where God can start moving drastically in your life. God wants you to serve. God's called you to serve. And one great way is by signing up for VBS. Go back there and sign up for VBS. If you want to cook, you can cook. If you want to be in adult leadership, you can be in adult leadership. If you want to do games, you can do games. If you want to have water squirted at you, you can have water squirted at you. It's such a big deal. and There's so many different areas that you can find a place to be a part of. And we need you. This one may not be the thing you stick to. But it's a good start. And Caleb is working his rear end off back there, but we need help. And he's not called to do it by himself. Neither am I. Neither are you. And you think, man, they're going to plug me in and they're just going to suck me dry. Never, never has the church done that to me. Sometimes I get off and I get sucked dry, but it's never God and his church. I receive from this church. God pours into me in this church. Hey, pastor, you're the pastor. I wasn't always the pastor. I started out as the lowly sound guy back there, getting yelled at, getting looked at, getting dirty looks at. You guys give them dirty looks. Don't give them dirty looks. (laughs) Plug in back there if you think you can do better. The only kind of attention sound guys get is negative. When everything's going great, it should. When it's not, everybody looks at them. What are y'all doing? What's wrong with you? (laughs) I don't like this. Yeah. Plug in. Church, you want God to change your life? Get to serving him. Everybody say amen. amen. All right. Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. Have you got your heart turned toward the Lord? Because it's time. Flip the switch. You guys have come in here, worshiped with us. We've had a great time. I believe the presence of the Lord is here. Now, can we acknowledge it? Can we act like it? Can we move in it? 
Now, the youth have just come back. Cindy's just come back from this more conference, and she's just overflowing over here. See, you keep on going. You're doing good. You're doing good. Nothing like being filled up. Sermon on the Mount. We are looking at Matthew chapter 6. Have you got your Bibles out? Thank you. Let's, let's just go ahead and read. I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Again, don't go too fast. What is he saying? He's saying that if you're looking for a pat on the back because of your prayer, that's the only reward you're going to receive. That's not the reward I want. I want God's reward. Don't go too fast on me and check out because you know the scripture. But when you pray, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Verse 8. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Let's don't get too far ahead. Who is teaching? This is Jesus' teaching from Himself. When he tells us this is how you should pray, somebody listen up. Somebody listen. It is time to learn. It's not time to just take in a good message. It's time to get something that will help you this week. Here it comes. This is how you should pray. He's already said when you pray, when you pray, when you pray. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But when you do, this is how you do it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. Father, in Jesus' name, let our spirit hear. Let our ears hear. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory could come in. Let it be done today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, do you remember... This scripture is one of the most well-known scriptures in all of scripture. We memorize this. Really, we kind of sometimes want to be able to recite it correctly so we don't seem like a dope, right? Man, I got that right. Man, I did good. And we forget what it is. It's kind of like the Pledge of Allegiance. I bet y'all could all stand up right now and say the Pledge of Allegiance, probably for the most part. We'll kind of mess it up a little bit. But I bet the same thing with the Lord's Prayer. I have prayed the Lord's Prayer over this microphone in this church and have messed it up. I don't like to do that, especially as your pastor, I don't like to do that. But is my salvation at risk in that? No, I just made a mistake. How many of us make mistakes? Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. But we, we miss it. 
out of our memorization, out of our, our familiarity, we miss it. We're not going to miss it, church. We're here today to acknowledge Jesus' teaching that we will not miss it. I will not miss it. Jesus says, in this manner, therefore, pray. He gave us a model. And this model is to give us insight of who God is, what he's like, and what is the nature of his kingdom, and how his kingdom operates. Do you realize Jesus came to this earth to show us how the kingdom operates? To show us how the Father operates. He came down and said, you know what, we've taken all these, all these things that we've had from the Old Testament, but we've kind of missed it. Let me bring correction to what you're doing because what the Old Testament said wasn't wrong. Man has just gotten off track. And we are moving from an old covenant to a new covenant. And Jesus came to establish the new. And part of that new covenant is him establishing God as Father. He says, when you pray, do it this way. If you remember from last week, all we did was spend the whole service on our Father in heaven. That's it. I believe it is the most important part. If we don't get that part right, we will get the rest wrong. We've got to acknowledge that God is our Father. He's not like a father. This is not some uh, metaphor. This is who he is. He is Father. He thinks like a father. He feels like a father. He leads like a father. He protects like a father. He plans like a father. He's thinking of you like a father. Can you grasp it? But not only that, in this one little phrase, not even a sentence, our Father, this intimate, merciful, wonderful Father in heaven, in all his majesty, in all his kingdom, in all his power, our Father intimate in heaven, majestic, this being that seems completely untouchable, unreachable, so far greater than we could ever come close to. Jesus all of a sudden goes, he is right with you. Our Father in heaven. That's the start, right? Church, are you all with me? Okay, that's where we left off last week. And he is saying, here is the model, here is the principles, we must keep these central. Keep these central. And it's so important that we do not neglect any of them. And today we're going to go into six requests that are made here. These six requests have levels of application. And you know, it really gets good when they all start working together in relationship with each other. And Jesus starts with a strong focus on who God is, our Father in heaven, the, his majesty and his intimacy. Six requests. Now, we're just going to go briefly because I'm going to finish this part today. But the main part of today is that we still grasp our Father in heaven. Request number one. You're going to know these. I don't believe this is going to be a revelation to you. I believe maybe the application may be revelation to you. Number one, hallowed be your name. 
the prayer that God's name would be hallowed. You know what that means? It means to respect greatly, to set apart as holy, to correctly position him in your life. Our Father in heaven, God, I know who you are. May you be lifted up in my life. May you be glorified. What is this? This is a stepping down of me and a placing him where he's supposed to be in my life. Hallowed be your name. This is so very important, so very primary, that we could see his majesty and have a deep, profound respect, and that we would see his fatherhood, and we would have the confidence and that we would have the confidence and not resist his desire for us to be near him. Our Father, intimate in heaven, majesty and great, be lifted up in my life. I acknowledge Father God and I acknowledge your power. Hallowed be your name. So many times we get in such a hurry in our prayer that we forget to even lift up the name of the Lord. Lift up the name of the Lord. He'll meet your need. If you're going to leave something out, leave out your need. He knows it already. Scripture's already told us He knows it already. But this is how we approach the Lord. Acknowledging who He is and lifting him up. You know what happens when you lift him up? I've already said it. You lower yourself. Do you know what he does when you lower yourself? He gives you grace. You don't even have to ask for it. I believe just walking through this prayer positions you for blessing and for grace and for answers and for guidance. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Second petition. Your kingdom come. Everybody say that with me. Your kingdom come. What are they praying for? What, are, what is Jesus praying for here? He's praying for an increase of the kingdom. An increase of the kingdom. This involves the work of the kingdom, but not only that, it involves the prayer for the work of the kingdom. Jesus is saying that we are to be change agents. He's going to use us to change the nations. You know what he's doing? He's using church on the hill to change Avery Trace. And we couldn't even see it coming. We did it by hauling food in there. And you know what Justin said is exactly what the Lord was speaking to me. You know what you did to them? You fed Jesus. We, we are meeting an, a godly need. We are fulfilling God's word when we serve Avery Trace. When you give a dollar toward that program, you are feeding Jesus. Can, can you get it? I'm telling you what, I'm about to bust up here. 
and I can't, I feel like I'm not hardly connecting. You know, uh, Satan tries to divide, Satan tries to lie, Satan tries to get in there and say, you're really not doing a good job, but I think I am doing a good job. The Spirit tells me you are doing a good job, Satan's trying to tell me you're not doing a good job. We've got to get this. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come, not my kingdom come. Your kingdom come. I'm supposed to be a part that will affect the world. But guys, there's a difference between the kingdom and the church. Those are two different things. The church is the family of God. It's the community that we have relationship together with the Father. The community, the church is the instrument of the kingdom. The vehicle. The kingdom is anywhere that his will is done. What does that mean? That means the school teacher in her classroom that is, that is doing what God's word says to do in that classroom. What God is saying to do in that moment. She is obeying the will of God and the kingdom is there. To the gas station attendant. To the uh, doctor in, the, in surgery. God's kingdom is there where the will of God is being done. But the church is different. The church is the instrument. Jesus is saying to pray for the kingdom to break in. We are to labor in prayer along with the work that we do for the kingdom. Doing the work is great. We need to do the work. You need to plug in and serve. We need to serve our community. We need to serve our church. We need to serve the Lord. You know that scripture that says, uh, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. So many times we think that only means we're just supposed to sit and wait. Nope, that, that can have a double meaning. That word wait is like a waiter that waits tables. Strength will rise as we wait upon God. As we serve the Lord. Strength will come. But we're to pray that the kingdom would break in. Labor in prayer. It's easy for the work to go forward, but the prayer gets diminished. If you've been around me at all in the last two or three months, you, you have heard me say, I have made a mistake. Our prayer has diminished. The work's going to slow down. The prayer's going to increase. The work will come. We will get the work. I love to work. I love to, I love to dive in and get stuff done. But we are we're missing it on the prayer. That's why you're seeing all these changes. If you're kind of in my little circle, we're praying. And we're going to pray. Why? Does the work need to be done? Yes. But the prayer doesn't need to be missed because we're doing the work. No, if Jesus said anything about his church, he said he wants his church to be a house of prayer. Prayer. We can't remove the prayer that your kingdom would come, that we would pray for the kingdom. Don't do service separated from prayer. Third petition. You'll know what it is. Let's say it. Your will be done. Your will be done. You know what that is? Personal obedience. Your, your will, your way be done. Your way be done. We have to be personally obedient to God. One big mistake when we're committed to changing nations, but we're not committed to personal obedience. We'll get together and do the church stuff. We'll go haul food over to Avery Trace, but we're not changing in our personal life at all. 
and it's wrong. Purity, anger, forgiveness. We go on mission trips, we serve in the church, but we don't change. Furthering the kingdom must be done, but Jesus is saying, do my will in your individual life. We could stay here on the will of God forever, but not today. But it also includes being faithful and obedient in our personal assignments. We're good at being faithful in our ministry, in our job, but when it comes to our marriage or our kids, we drop the ball. Don't do that. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, in every aspect in my life, no matter what it looks like. Um, when we were without a pastor before Pastor Matt came, I've told this story. This is part of, part of my testimony. But uh, Dwight Henry, uh, one of our local politicians, um, was our interim pastor. And he taught on the Lord's Prayer. He also taught on the prayer of Jabez. Both of those prayers have had great impact in my life. Do you know the prayer of Jabez? Lord, that you would bless me indeed and that you would enlarge my territory and that you would keep my, my heart from evil. I'm kind of left leaving some of it out. Anyway, and enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me, you would enlarge my territory. Anyway, it's in Second Chronicles, or First Chronicles. It's one of the Chronicles. Anyway, it's in the Bible. But I committed to that prayer, and I committed to the Lord's Prayer. And I really focused in on, and I can remember standing over Pete's crib. He was uh, a baby. We had this crib that I had to move from room to room. We had four kids, and we never kept it in the same room. We'd go from, and I'd have to take it apart. It's one of those I have nightmares over that crib, taking it apart and putting it back together. About the time we had our fourth kid, I had it figured out. Then I didn't have to do it anymore. So isn't that kind of how that works? But I remember praying over Pete. It, it included Rita Marie, too, and it included every one of our children. But I would pray over them, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done regardless of what that looks like. I, have, I was 26, 27 years old, going in all the wrong directions. I wasn't in terrible sin, but I just wasn't going in the right direction. And I finally came to that point in my life, God, I don't care what it looks like. You just do what it is that you want to do in my life. I don't care what it looks like. And let me tell you, when you pray it from your heart, God will answer. You can sit here and pray this prayer just out of, I pledge allegiance, and you, get nothing, you mean nothing from it. You're just reciting, and nothing changed. Or you can begin to take on Jesus' teaching. Ask the Lord to help you as you walk this out, and I promise you, God will move in your life. God started moving in my life so much so that I could not stop it. He completely lifted me up and took me where he wanted to take me. It, was, it, it still remains one of the most incredible things that, that when you really submit yourself to God, he will take you where you need to be. But it requires your heart. He won't do it without your heart. Your kingdom come, your will be done. No matter what it looks like, God, I trust you in all that I have, all that I ever will have. I trust you over my marriage. I trust you over my wife. I trust you over my children and their future. I trust you over my church. 
your kingdom come and your will be done. Do you not think there's prayer in obeying Jesus? I mean, do you not think there's power in obeying Jesus? There is. I have testimony to say there is. And it's good. It's the same way over your finances. It's the same way over your marriage. It's the same way over whatever disaster you're facing. God is good and he will help you. And you will come out of it. We sing this song, Mighty to Save, and we've got these mountains that face us. Do you realize God can get you through the mountain? The mountain may not go anywhere. You're just going to go over it. The problem may still be there. It may, you may still be facing it. You know, I don't just wake up in the morning and all my problems are gone. No, I wake up in the morning and the Lord is with me. Your will be done in my life. Now, the first set of petitions, the first three we've just looked at, all have to do with the glory of God. Do you notice that Jesus starts us off by focusing on God. The focus gets off of me and on to God. All of a sudden, we are positioned for the Lord to move. What does that mean? You've gotten off your high horse. Have you ever heard that expression? My parents used high horse. Get off your high horse. You young kids, that just means you need to knock that chip off, off your shoulder. You, you, need to, you need to set your pride down. You think too highly of yourself. Get off your high horse. You know what happens? We get off our high horse and we come under the authority of God. All of a sudden, I am in position in the kingdom. First set, about the glory of God. Second set relates to our personal needs. Jesus commands us to bring our personal requests to God. He commands us to bring our personal requests to God. Number three. Number four, our daily bread. Our daily bread. Our daily needs. You know, God knows our needs. Why do we even have to pray our needs if God already knows it? Have you ever thought about that? He already knows what we need before we ask it. Then why ask it? I'm that kind of person. I don't like to waste my time. Why ask if, I already, if he already knows? Let me, give you, let me, let, let me uh, try, to, try to give you a different way to look at it. You're not giving God information. You're not going to blow him away by saying, God, I've got this problem over here. Would you please help me? And he's like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. Boy, that is bad. <laughs> give me just a moment. Let, let me and Jesus pray about this for a moment. Let's figure out what we're going to do. No, he knows. He already knows. You know what he wants? He wants the dialogue. He wants relationship. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants interaction. When he says, pray thy kingdom come, he can do his will without us. I'm not this, this great team player that he's got that, oh, man, I, that we were going to lose the battle if Paul hadn't showed up. Thank goodness he, there he is. Oh, okay, now we can go fight the, the battle. No, no, he can win without me. 
but he wants me. He wants my interaction. He wants dialogue. Pray thy kingdom come. He wants dialogue with us. We get so focused on the end result, and you know what he's focused on? The process and the interaction. He's already got the end result. He knows the end. I got it. I am the alpha and the omega. I know the end from the beginning. I got it. What I want is what's in between. And we get hung up with the end. I want the end and I want it now. I want to go through McDonald's and get all my life issues solved by going through that checkout line. And in one minute, I got it all. God says, nope, I want you to get to know me. God is not a McDonald's God. He is a crockpot God. And I'm not against McDonald's-ish. But he is a crockpot God. He wants it to get put in that pot and it just to bake. It just to warm and, and warm and, and you start to melt. And have you ever gotten in a crockpot when you've got meat in there and you just touch it and the meat just falls apart? That's the way the Lord wants your heart, tenderized. When he touches, it's just like, oh. <laughs> he's, wanting, uh, he's wanting to soften your heart. When we go through the McDonald's line, our heart stays hard. We just want, 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 go to Walmart, go through the 20 items or less with your 50 items and act like you got 20. Oh, sorry. Elizabeth yells at me every time. Honey, they don't really care. Well, it doesn't matter. It says 20 items or less. We have more than 20. You go to the other line. The, The waiter will say, come on over. It's okay. She'll say, no, we're not going in that line. Hardens my heart. She obeys the rules. I guess that means I don't. I do. You know what God's love language is? Quality time. Quality time. He wants you. And he wants you to make it a priority to tell him what's going on in your life. He already knows it. He says, I love you. I want to hear from you. I want interaction with you. And he commands us to pray for our personal needs. And you know, this messes people up. Even though you think that our needs aren't important, God commands it. You know why? Because it expresses our dependence on him. But there's more than that. God wants you to experience, he wants you to experience him providing. He wants you to have delight in his provision. He wants you to pray and him to answer and you to recognize it couldn't have come any other way but by God. Why? Because he's a father. It says in scripture, us being evil fathers, how much we love to give gifts, so much more will the father wants to give gifts to us, wants to give us the Holy Spirit. He, he loves it when we are wowed by him. And he wants to wow you. You know the way he's going to wow you is by you asking and him responding. Our daily bread. Fourth fourth request, our daily bread. And you know, it says daily. Wouldn't it be nice if it said monthly or yearly? 
and maybe in bigger portions. You know, uh, you know, some of you get paid every two weeks. Some of you get paid every month. Daily. Give us our daily bread. He wants your interaction daily. Daily. Fifth request. I'm almost done. Forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. Two ways we're going to look at this today. You know, as a born believer, why does a born-again believer that has the gift of righteousness, do you know we have the gift of righteousness? Do you know we have been made right with God? That we are as righteous as Jesus because we have Jesus' righteousness. Do you realize that? That's the standing Justin was teaching uh, the youth this morning, that we stand right with God. Because of Jesus, not because of our righteousness, then why? Why do we need to pray for forgiveness? We're righteous. He's not talking about the prayer of salvation to be delivered from hell. He's talking, he's talking to believers. What he is talking about is restored communion. Restored relationship. When we sin, you know, it quenches our spirit. Not just the Holy Spirit. It defiles our mind and our thinking. And it's the acknowledgement of that disagreement with God. We confess our sin and ask for forgiveness. We're not blame shifting or rationalizing our sin. We're acknowledging it and we're asking God to cleanse it. So what happens? The communion is restored. We fall off the wagon. We make a mistake. Then we go and we restore the relationship in asking for forgiveness. You know it's what happens in marriage? We make a mistake and either we just get bitter and we separate or we go and we do the, <coughs> the right thing. Ask for forgiveness so that the relationship is restored. God does not, not love us anymore. God has not broken that. That love hasn't broken. What happens is we get separated and we've got to come back closer. God hasn't moved away from us. We've moved away. So we break that gap. We don't let Satan come in between us and God. We remove Satan by the blood of Jesus and our communion is restored. Are you all with me? That's why as a, saved, a spirit-filled, saved person, I still need to ask for forgiveness. I need to be forgiven by God. I have sin. He has paid the price for me, but I need to be forgiven. He doesn't forgive us more. We just restore communion. But the second part of this is praying forgiveness. God forgive us as we forgive. It sounds like that God will only forgive if we forgive. Kind of like we're earning our forgiveness by forgiving. But I think we miss it a little bit here. The proof that we've been forgiven, the proof in my heart that I've been forgiven is that I forgive. The proof that I've got Jesus in my heart is that when someone does something to me, that I can release them. If ever I hold unforgiveness, it makes me start to question, where is my heart with God? Because if my heart is with God, I'll forgive as he forgives me. If you are struggling with forgiveness, your problem is your relationship to God. Mm. I'm not saying you don't love the Lord. I'm just saying there, there, is a, there is a block with your relationship to God. 
if you really grasp the greatness of God, if you really allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, if you really allow yourself to be transformed by God, you can forgive the worst things done to you. How could Jesus ever forgive what was done to him? Because he knows God. Are you struggling with forgiveness? Set that person aside for a moment and tap into God. The problem is you're trying to forgive them on your own strength. You can't do that. It won't take. It won't last. When you get tapped into God, when you stay abiding in the vine, when you get into the vine, you know if you try to produce fruit without being connected to the vine, you won't do it. You can sit there and nothing will come out. I got no fruit. But when you tap into the vine, you can't keep from bearing fruit. Tap back into the vine. You will be able to forgive that person. We've got to forgive. It's an inventory of your heart. Final petition. This one's so important. Deliverance. You know what this is? This is a pre-temptation prayer. Pre-temptation. The temptation hasn't come yet. We're praying against it now. You know what that is? That's faith. I'm going to go ahead and pray it now. God, protect me from what may be trying to come at me. I'm going to pray before it happens. It's a biblical principle. Deliver us from temptation. Deliver us from evil. Leads us in a way contra- uh, lead us in a way contrary to that. And Luke 4 shows us how Satan operates, what our schemes are. The Bible says we're not to be ignorant of how uh, Satan works. And you know, that is such valuable intel to know how the enemy works. Jesus has come to show us his kingdom, but he's also come to show us how the enemy works. There is no secret. He's going to come at you this way. This is the way you deal with it. If you will allow those two bits of information to work and you walk it out, you will have success against Satan. If you try to do it on your own, you won't. Because he's powerful and he's smart. Do you know that... uh, The way Satan operates, what did he do? He tempted Jesus, right? And he departed until an opportune time. How many of you have ever had things happen at the opportune time? You would have never reacted that way had it happened when you were good and strong, but you were weak and you broke. What is that? That's an opportune time. I don't believe this prayer here is necessarily just talking about every little temptation that we have every moment. What this prayer is talking about is when Satan is taking those two or three, four or five times in your life looking for that opportune time to take you out. And what's he trying to do? He's trying to take out your faith. And let me tell you, he is good at it. So what does Jesus do? He says, pray against it. Satan is planning an opportune time to destroy you, to destroy your faith. Jesus urges the apostles to pray while in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right before Jesus died, he said, I'm telling you now, you know that lead me not into temptation? I'm telling you now to pray that prayer. He said, watch and pray because temptation is coming. Not the general temptation, but the big storm of temptation that Satan is planning for that opportune time.
Jesus is saying, if you will pray, you will avoid or minimize the intensity of that storm. You need to be praying because you know what? You have no idea what's coming. Jesus says to Peter, he says, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Jesus prayed that for Peter. You'd better pray. We have a role in the relationship. He wants us involved. Psalm 19, verse 13. It says, keep me back from presumptuous sins. You know what that means? That we're overconfident and we're arrogant. We think it won't happen to us. He says, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be in a setting and you won't even see it coming. You'll walk right into it with no idea. God, keep me from that. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. He's saying that the believer who thinks he's okay because he's not engaging in this pre-temptation prayer, he thinks he doesn't need it. God says you're going to be tested severely. And it's not necessary for you to stumble. You don't have to be set back. You don't have to. Why do you think these temptations don't pertain to you? It's pride. Luke chapter 21, I'll close right here. But take heed for yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. And that day come to you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Will you pray with me? Will you guys pray with me today with a whole heart? You guys just go ahead and stand up with me and let's pray. We're going to pray not just for what you're facing, but for what may be coming that we don't know about. Father, we need you to teach us how to pray. Jesus, our hearts are open. Our, our ears are open to your teaching. Father God, you are our Father. You love us like a Father. You're thinking of us like a Father. You're providing for us like a Father. But you're also great and mighty and all-powerful God. You hold the universe in the span of your hand. You are the Alpha and the Omega. We just lift your name up right now. We just proclaim that you are marvelous, you are great, you are mighty. You are holy and we worship you. We turn our hearts completely to you. Be lifted up, be glorified in this place, Lord, in our life individually and in this church. That your kingdom would come and your will would be done. That your kingdom come and your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray for our daily needs. Church, do you have needs? We pray for our needs to be met by you, God. Our financial needs, 
our personality needs, our character needs, our church needs, our relationship needs. Forgive us, Lord, of our sins. Let us not hide any sin from you, Lord. But Lord, help us to forgive. Why am I carrying that unforgiveness? Where have I gone wrong with my relationship with you, Lord? I forgive. I make a decision. Forgiveness is not based on a feeling. It's based on a decision. It's a choice. I forgive. But Father, we just ask right now that you would lead us from temptation. Lead us not into temptation. And deliver us from evil. We acknowledge that the enemy is trying to pick us off. But we also acknowledge that we don't know everything. We're not all knowing. We humble ourselves before you, Father, and we ask you to protect us from the enemy. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Church, will you give your heart to the Lord wholeheartedly? All your heart. Just open this altar up to prayer. If you have a prayer need, maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to make a really brave step today, and I want you to step out. Come down here and let us pray with you. Do you have a prayer need that you need some prayer from to come down here and let us pray with you? You know it's scriptural for us to pray together. Make a brave stance and step out. If you're praying with me, come on down here. Let's get to, let's get to praying. Be brave. Be courageous. And step out and let Father God wow you in how great He is.